Welcome to the You Matter Podcast, where together we'll laugh, grow, and learn to love others more each day. We believe that each person has intrinsic value and everyone has a story that's still unfolding. Join us as we hear stories of real people and get inspired to go out to remind people in this world that they matter too. of the You Matter podcast. I'm super excited for today's podcast and just to hear the story and heart of an inspiring woman and leader. Patty Adams is an author, a speaker, and director for the Pregnancy Resource Center of Panama City. She's also a mother and grandmother, and God has and is still writing just an awesome story through her life, and we get to hear it today, and I'm super excited about that. So with that said, I'm so happy to welcome Patty Adams to the podcast. Well, hi, Rachel. How are you? (laughs) I'm great. How are you? Uh, I'm elated to be here. Good. Me too. Me too. It's nice that we can be in person too. I know. Just talking about how online. Talking to the wall. Yeah, right. It's (laughs) nice to have have it in person too. Um, But sweet. So I know I gave a little bit of intro about you, but would you want to just introduce yourself a smidge with everybody and just sure mm. you are a little bit uh well let's see uh patty adams i've been married for oh gosh 48 years something like that mm. i've got uh five children i have two that are alive three are in heaven um let's see i have 14 grandchildren oh, wow. i guess i can go into more detail later but that's just a little bit about me yeah sweet thanks for sharing that um so yeah, I would love to just like jump in. The first question we normally ask people is just our anthem, you know, just what was the time that someone made you feel like you matter and reminded you that you have value who comes to mind for you? Well, uh, when you text me that question, the first person that popped into my head was Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, he saved me from a wretched past life and... Uh, and I became a born-again Christian January 20th, 1991. In my car, I was listening to Pastor Jim Holbrook from McGregor Baptist Church in Fort Myers. And I was on McGregor Boulevard. I was two houses away from Thomas Edison's summer home. It was 19, it was 9.15 at night. Oh my word, I remember it, remember. It's, it's amazing. I, my age, I can remember all this stuff. And so anyway, um, it was a life-changing, you know, I heard uh, he was preaching out of Revelation 3, 20, saying, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. Mm-hmm. And I had realized that just God grabbed a hold of my heart that I was not searching for him, I was not looking for him. The rest is history. I was just like, wow, I couldn't believe it. I, you know, Growing up, it was more of a religion. And then on January 20th, 1991, it became a relationship. Mm-hmm with Christ and I was not sure I just felt like the, the weight of the world was lifted off I felt clean I felt like I've been washed and <laughs> it was hard to express it, it was the best thing I ever did Rachel it really mm-hmm. was so he has really changed my life and without him he is the most important thing in my life without him I was going down the toilet so he's the most important person yeah that's awesome and just I mean Pretty much the number one who could remind yeah. us that we matter. What mattered. he said is like yeah. nobody else can count. Yeah. It's him. If he says it, then that's... that pretty much goes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really awesome. 
how are you were you going to church at that time and somebody gave you the tape did you say or no i was not going to church what happened is that um we had moved from connecticut to cape coral florida and our oldest son jeff was in he was running away all the time he was hanging out with druggies and he was on a nationwide runaway list three times. I didn't know where this kid was for weeks and weeks. And so finally, uh, the Orlando Police Department called us and said, we got your son in juvie, come get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found a program at Cape Coral called Outreach. It was a 18 to 24 month program. It was a rehab for uh, behavioral and drugs. So through that program, we realized that our whole family was dysfunctional. And so through that, that's when we met Walt and Linda uh, Wilborn, and they talked to us about, you know, God and stuff. And, you know, I was like, man, I'm not having any of it. You know, it's like, no way. <laughs> and so, um, but the thing that got us to church and everything was that um, they, my, Walt talked to my husband and said, you know, why don't you guys come to church and we'll buy you breakfast. And my husband goes, free breakfast? I'm there. Oh, yeah. But they had given that. us this tape in the meantime, and you know, beforehand, and I kind of grabbed it. I was going to a meeting in Fort Myers that evening and kind of grabbed it because they gave us like 10 tapes, and I just grabbed one, mm. put it in my car, half listened to it. But after the meeting was over, that's when I was driving down McGregor Boulevard, and oh, that's when Pastor Holbrook said that, and I was like, I pulled my car on the side of the road, I started crying, I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm. So that's how everything started. It was putting my son through a drug rehab, mm. meeting these precious people that had to put their son, and then God just brought a bad thing that was happening in our family to the most fantastic thing that could happen in anybody's life. Mm. And then from that point, we moved around the country because my husband was working for the railroad, so we moved all over. And when we ended up in Chicago, South Side Chicago, uh, we were looking for a church. And <laughs> in the church, they have you know they have church bulletins. So I was going to church and I'm looking at this church bulletin and in there it said uh, pregnancy, it was a pregnancy center looking for for volunteers. And I would see it and I would like literally just throw it over my shoulder, I don't care. For six months I did that. Because I was happy working, I was working for Lancome Cosmetics and I was working for Estee Lauder. I was happy as a clam Mm -hmm. working for them. And I wasn't about to go work at a pregnancy center, volunteer pregnancy center. I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> so after about six months, God was working on my heart. And how he was working on my heart was, is that all of a sudden, the job that I just absolutely loved, first off, I, first I didn't like the customers. Mm-hmm. Then I didn't like my uniform I was wearing. <laughs> then I didn't like my boss. And then I didn't, and then I didn't. <laughs> Like some of the ladies I was working with, I'm like, what the heck? I mean, this was months and months down the road. And finally, I'm like, all of a sudden, I didn't like the $1,000 of free makeup I was getting a year. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that got my attention. Talk about vanity, you know, and Mm -hmm. free makeup. I'm there, you know. So 
I called the place, talked to the lady, and she. I went and talked to the executive director, gave her my testimony, and she said, Patty, you need to work here. And I'm like, um, no. <laughs> and I said, I'm happy where I am, which was a lie. I wasn't happy. And so um, she said, once you fill out the application anyway, you know, pray about it. I'm like, okay. So I filled out the application. I called her the next day, and I said, you know what? I don't know if you're going to hire me, but I don't want the job. And I hung up. Really? I did. I hung up. I went, <laughs> okay, Lord, I did what you wanted me to do. I went back to my job, and it was worse. It was like month after month after month. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. So finally, I just felt so convicted. I, you know, uh, I called them back up, and there was a new executive director. When she heard my name, she goes, oh, I heard about you. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> oh gosh, I think I think I'm gonna crawl under a rock. So finally I just uh I I went there and they had a client service director position open. So I never asked them how much money it was. I didn't ask them how the hours were. She said, Well, you know, I'll let you know, you know, in a week. Uh, she said you pretty much got it, but we're gonna talk to the board. I'm like, fine. So in that week I talked to my boss at the cosmetic department and I said, I'm giving you my notice. And, um, and she said, are you crazy? She says, it's three weeks before Christmas. The cosmetic mm -hmm. industry is booming. Your commission is going to be fantastic. And you're leaving? <laughs> and she goes, where are you going? I'm like, I don't know. I, I apply for a job. I don't know if I got it. She goes, oh, wait, wait a minute. You have a job that you like, that you're making great money mm -hmm. to something that you don't even know if you got yet? I'm like, yeah, pretty much. And they were like, you're, she says, you're crazy. I said, no, it's God. Yeah. And she goes, well, I hope your God's going to give you a job. I said, oh, he will. Mm -hmm. And it was the next day that the pregnancy center called me, and I had a job. And then I said, oh, by the way, how many hours am I working? She goes, 12. I'm like, oh, 12 hours a week? Okay. Uh, how much am I making? She goes, $7.50. I'm like, oh, 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 oh okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know? yeah. But, you know, I just took a leap of faith, and within three months they had moved me to center director and that was 20 years ago and I never looked back wow. I mean we've gone to different places because of my husband's job um, but one of the things that if you're on staff at this pregnancy center in Chicago that if you had an abortion uh, that you had to go through a post-abortion recovery program mm -hmm. so I was like I signed up and I'm like I thought about, I'm like, you know what? God's forgiven me. It's the east is the west. Why do I have to bring it up? So I didn't show up. Mm -hmm. So I signed up again. My boss said, the executive director said, Patty, you need to sign, You need to go. I'm like, okay. I signed up. Didn't go. Well, the third time, I got called into the president of the company's office and said, Patricia, are you being um, belligerent? About? She says, you know, I know your background with, you know, hardcore bikers, the drugs, the alcohol, the attitude. She goes, are you, are you bringing that past into this? I'm like, probably. <laughs> I, said, I just don't want to do this. I just, why should I bring something up that God has forgiven? It doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. And so I, I was obedient and I went to the Hope and Healing class that, that they had there through the nine to 10 weeks. It was the most painful thing that I did spiritually and mentally, but it's the best thing I did in my life. That's the mm -hmm. second best thing I did in my life. Um, and that really changed my heart because, you know, I had the three abortions. 
Um, and after the abortions, I got into drugs and drinking and alcohol. I mean, I left my husband three times. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I, I had two children. I had our son, Jeff. Then I had an abortion. Then I had son, Michael. And then I had two more abortions. And I just couldn't function. It was like I, I was another person. The, the guilt, the shame, uh, just the depression. And I'm thinking, I said, where's this coming from? I, didn't, I had no idea. I, here I am. I have two little boys, and I'm supposed to be happy. I treated them like crap, you know. I mean, we did the, the baseball stuff with them, the little league and the Cub Scouts and trying to be a good mom and dad, but mom and dad were falling apart. Right. And um, I decided I wanted to be a rock and roll star. And so... <laughs> Uh, I actually made a record and no way. oh yeah, it's just craziness. Seriously? Yeah, I did. I was like we might back have in to the, add that in the podcast yeah, notes. Yeah, in, the, in the 80s, yeah. It's like you go on Amazon, you can kind of hear it's like, no way. Yeah. So anyway, it's just uh, it was a. <laughs> I mean, I I was doing everything that I just decided to myself. You know what? I'm gonna do something I want to do for my life, and I think I want to be a rock and roll star, and everybody can go. I can care less, but it was uh, it was life changing, and but I did in the process of that. That's when my husband and I really split up. He couldn't take it anymore, and I said, "Good, you can leave. I'm going to do what I want to do." But God in His providence, this is now all this stuff with the rock and roll and the drugs. This was all um, bef- after the abortions, mm-hmm. you know. And then God showed up years later because my abortions were in the '70s. And I became a Christian in 1991. So in the process from 74 on up to 1991, my life just went down the toilet. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of ladies out there listening or thinking, that's me. You know, why am I depressed? Why do I feel guilty? You know, you see a baby, you go to baby showers, you go, you see somebody having a baby or uh, has see little children and stuff like that. And all of a sudden... The stuff wells up in you, and you're like, "What's wrong with me?" You know, uh, I'm job hop hopping, I'm, I'm boyfriend hopping, I'm car hopping. I don't like this one. You know, like this is going to satisfy me, then this is going to satisfy me. And this, what they're, what you're looking at is you're, you're reaching out for something that is gone. You can't get anymore. Those children are gone. So you're going to do everything in your power to um, fill it. And you can't. Only Christ can do that. Right. And, you know, people know, well, Christ, Christ has forgiven me. But women don't forgive themselves. Mm. They don't. And, you know, and working at the pregnancy center, um, it's hard sometimes when I'm talking to a client that is abortion-minded. But, you know, at the pregnancy center, we want to give them the truth. We don't want, we give them the options. They can parent, adoption, or choose abortion. But we give them the medical information on abortion. We don't coerce them. We don't refer for abortions or do abortions. But we want to give them all the information that they can possibly get, because I didn't. My doctor delivered two of my children and aborted three of them. And what my doctor told me back in Milford, Connecticut, was Patty, in 15 minutes, she'll be back to normal. It's a blood mass. That was my education on abortion. Oh. I had no clue. 
My first abortion, I was awake through the whole thing, scared to death. I told them in the middle to stop. They said it's too late. We're in the middle of it. Uh, I had nightmares for two weeks, and then it just seemed like everything seems normal. So I'm real adamant about educating them right. on what abortion does to a woman, mm -hmm. what abortion does before, during, and after, because the bigger package comes after that abortion. Mm -hmm. The guilt, the shame, you know, the drugs, the added, everything. But people aren't going to tell you that. All right. they want is the money for the abortion, and you'll be fine. Right. No, you're not. You have to carry that weight for the rest of your life. But that's also life in the pit of hell because Christ can come right around that corner with his arms open wide and say, I forgive you. Yeah. But women just don't forgive themselves. Yeah. I think you're so right. Like we do in whatever sin that we carry, we just feel like, you know, like we know, oh, mm -hmm. like Jesus washed me clean. But then it's like mm -hmm. we struggle to forgive ourselves, and mm -hmm. whether it's like um, a guy or a girl for whatever sin they're struggling mm -hmm. with, it's so hard to let go and of what we feel like we failed and messed up because it's like His grace seems so like it doesn't make sense to us. Yeah, it doesn't. No, right? It's like how is that possible? But I I love somebody said one time like picture your sin and like all of its like how awful it is like in just like the worst picture that you could see and like close your eyes and envision it mm -hmm. and then like actually picture Jesus's blood like dripping all over it like and like that's what it's covered in but it's like wow like he did that for me mm -hmm. and whatever I struggle with but you know if you really think about it Rachel back in 1973 when they legalized abortion Roe v. Wade that pretty much 64 65 million babies have been aborted mm -hmm. since then Okay, now it's it's atrocity, it's barbaric that those babies are gone, and we we mourn for them. But who mourns for the women and men left behind? Who cares about them? They're hurting. Yeah. They're, everybody's hurting, but they just don't. Women just don't know what to do. And and I was that for almost 28, 30 years. I didn't know what to do. And when I started working at the pregnancy center, when they kind of forced me to go to because you're on staff, right. you got to go, and so. Um, like I said, it's the best thing I did, and now I want to help women yeah. that are hurting. Maybe I can promote my book, too. Yes, that's what I was going to say, too, because my mom was sharing some of your story, and, then, and like we were just talking one day, and she was talking about the pregnancy center and everything, and she's like, well, actually, Patty has a book. You should just read that. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Did you start reading I it? I started reading, yeah. Where are you good. in the book? I'm only on like chapter two, maybe like the end of chapter one. That's chapter funny because I have one of my nurses that bought the book, and so I said, "Where are you in the book?" She says, "I'm still at the bad patty." I'm like, "Okay," because <laughs> so like it's the bad patty, and then I'll say, "Oh no, no, she's the good patty." <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I'm like, "Oh, so you're the bad patty." <laughs> That's yeah, I'm not the world's fastest reader, so I just started That's all right. over the weekend. That took but... me a long. It took me. See, I started that book, two thousand one. Yeah. And I finished it in two thousand fifteen. Okay. <laughs> That's a good way to do it, though. Then you get lots of time. Well, I to stopped think about what you want to moving and getting jobs at different pregnancy centers and yeah. focused on that. And then every now and again, God would just like, mm, hello. Yeah. Uh, want you to do something. Mm. 
So we have a lot of that. Funny how he brings it back up. Yeah, it is. So. Were you like, I'm a writer, or were you like, I oh no, I am not a writer. This? I yeah. just, I was like, I didn't even know how to turn the computer on. <laughs> so I forget about. I'm not writing. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it's like, where's the on button? I don't know. Yeah. That's so funny. My friends and I were just talking about that. There's a verse at the end of John, I think, where. Um, where Jesus is telling Peter, like, I'm going to take you someplace where you don't want to go. And he's, like, alluding to his death and everything. Uh-huh. But um, we were just all talking about, like, sometimes God is just, like, like the place we want to go least, like, the thing that we think we're least called to do. Like, <laughs> then yeah. he calls us there and we're like, somebody, call um, somebody else to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's my thing. Yeah. And someone else somebody come else. out for that. Yeah. Yeah. It, you've mistaken me to, from Joe. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not happening. <laughs> So anyway, so yeah. it took me a while to write it, and it was published in 2015, 2016, and it's called From the House by the Seashore. And you, when you look at it, you say, oh, you know, it's probably somebody that lives near the water because it's a picture <laughs> of a water with three little buckets. Right, right. And it's like, I don't know if I want to read that. Well, it's not what you think. Um, those three buckets represent Ryan, Stephanie, and Timothy. They will never be able to pick up those buckets ever. So that book is is for them, and it's for the ladies that need help, whether they're not in a crisis pregnancy yet to read it, if they're in a crisis pregnancy to read it, if they've already had an abortion to read it, and seek help all through all of them, and seek help through a pregnancy center. So that's why I wrote the book to help other women. And well, we'll see so what God's gonna. Did. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad I. I. Yeah. I can't believe what I was done, and and <laughs> I got it from the publisher, and I was like, Oh my goodness, did I write this? You I'm know, and then I was reading it, yeah. going, Oh my goodness gracious! You know, the funny part, Rachel, was that when I talked to the publishing company, I, I've had the package that I wanted, and you're talking, it was like nine thousand dollars, and I said, I don't even have a dime to put toward it, so. Another quick awesome story oh, is that me. I've been, it's like, God, where am I going to get this money? Right. A week later, I've been mentoring a good friend out of the biking community. And I went over to her house and we would have coffee and stuff like that. And we went, I went over that day and she had a nice little card on my coffee cup and everything. And she said, I want you to read the card. I'm like, oh, I said, now? And she said, yes, now. <laughs> So I opened it up. Oh, no way. And there was a check in there for $10,000. What? God's my witness. There was a check in there for $10,000. I said, I can't take this. No, no. And I pushed it over. I said, no, no. She said, no. You're, and we're, she, we're pushing it back and forth on the table. And I'm like, I can't take this. What? And she told me not to tell anybody who it was, and I'm never telling me. Oh, she, wow. God knows who what she is. Humble. So she said, but make sure you go home and put it back real quick. <laughs> Isn't that funny? My, we always say, oh, well, don't be a blessing blocker. And I'm yeah. like, sometimes people want to buy my coffee. And I'm like, oh, no, no. And so we're, blessing. yeah, we're blocking blessings. But the guy was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, check this out. Wow. Could, yeah, they were like, oh, my goodness. I said, yeah, I want that. I want, that's what, I, wow. and that's how I got it done. Oh, my word. I'm thinking, okay, God, I hear you. And grace By the grace of God, I'm here talking yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just him. We could never do it on our own. Not, um, not at all. Yeah. Not, you know. And I, I just can't believe in the twenty years. Well, since you know, I got saved in ninety one. The journey that 
God has us. I mean, my son Jeff is married, he's happy, and he's got kids, and mm-hmm. he wants to go into the ministry. My youngest really? son Michael's a pastor. He's got eight kids. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it's like, awesome. you know, these are kids that mm-hmm. that were nuts. You look back at what happened in our life, and then look at now, it's like, whoa, who did that? We didn't do yeah. it. God did it. What a testimony. You know, the whole family is, you know, yeah. so it's, it's kind of cool. But, you know, I can talk. I can sit here for hours talking well, to you. Well, I love listening. <laughs> I, this is, like, literally my favorite thing to do. I just love That's hearing awesome, people but... share their stories and everything. So and I, I just think... hope it touches people's hearts. Yeah, that's awesome. I think mm-hmm. God uses you a lot through that and will use you through this and is going to continue to use you in ways Amen, that you sister. can't even imagine. <laughs> um, but awesome. So, And I always just give people just an opportunity at the end if you – could say just one thing to someone listening right now and I think you said so many awesome things that are so encouraging to them but if you could think of like one thing that you're like okay someone listening right now like here's you know if I could write you a card and this would be on it is there something that you'd say of like this is what I want to encourage you with God's forgiveness if you don't know Christ as your savior reach out to him he's there Yeah. you don't have to be in a church like me I was in a car. Yep. Um, but it's God's forgiveness and His grace and mercy. All washed in His blood. That's it. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your You're story and for talking with us and getting, letting us get to know you a little bit too. Thankful for it. Thank you so much, yeah. Rachel. I appreciate it. Bye, ladies. Or whoever's <laughs> listening. Yeah, right. Whoever's listening. <laughs>